If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Nicholas Hamilton, Henry Bowers from It and It Chapter 2, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. But you know what they say about Derry? Hmm. No one who dies here ever really dies. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate it. And before we jump into tonight's film review, just want to give you know a quick shout out to our social medias, uh, Don't Go Out There, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're on all the big three. We really appreciate it. We like the social media interactions, though. We really appreciate that. And a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. We've got all of our interviews, episodes, uh, celebrity shout-outs, and our store. So go to don'tgooutthere.com and check that out. And I'm going to pass it off to Brian real quick. He's been doing a lot of hard work on remastering our older episodes. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, uh, I've kind of talked about it a little bit in the past, um, but uh, we're actually going back, remastering all the episodes. We're completely re-editing them. Um, We're adding new intros as we've gotten, you know, new celebrities to do some uh, some intros for us and and some things like that. And uh, I think I think you uh, you would really you'll really enjoy it, Um, especially if you had if it's been a while since you've listened to some of them. Go back and give it another shot. Um, I think uh, I think you guys will really like it. Oh yeah, Brian's been absolutely. <laughs> Brian's been putting in a lot of hard work on this, and we really appreciate it. You know, he's uh kind of adding, you know, the the wax and the the sparkle to the car, and it's really nice. Uh, last week we reviewed it, chapter one. It was fun, great. It, this episode's done really good listens wise too. I guess people are big fans of Pennywise because <laughs> it it's gotten a lot of listens in one week. And tonight we're continuing in that duology. We're doing a it, chapter two. I'm just going to give my quick overview real quick. Uh, I saw this movie in the theaters. I was kind of scared to go see it because the friend who I went with, she's like, you know, this is three hours long. I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tweeted the other night when I, before I took my notes. I was about to watch it, and everybody said, and, you know, I was kind of dreading the runtime. But a friend of the show, Dylan, he said, you know, it's kind of a fast three hours, though. And he's kind of right. It is a fast three hours. I mean, as fast as three hours can be, I guess. But it's really like watching a two-hour audition felt 
way longer than watching this movie. Right, um, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> this movie's fun to watch. It's got a uh, it's got a great cast. Uh Bill Hader is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it, this is a good movie. It it but we'll get deep, deeper into it later. It doesn't have the charm and magic of the first one, I think. Uh Brian, go ahead and go next, brother. Yeah, so Nico last week uh mentioned that this was the newest movie that we've reviewed. Um and, you know, it's not just that, but actually this is the last movie that me and my wife went to go see in the theater. So it's been that long, I feel like, since I've even gone to the movie theaters. Um, I might have, I think I did go see Star Wars in the theater, and I believe that was right after this. But uh, this was definitely the last little date movie that, that my wife and I went and seen. Um, I gave the last chapter last week, spoiler alert if you haven't listened to it, but I, I gave it a 10 um, as a standalone movie. Um Spoiler alert, this one definitely isn't a 10 by any means, but I really I really enjoy it. Um, I'm a fan of this story. Uh, I look forward to uh, to closing the chapter of it and uh, hopefully making this episode as good as the last one. But uh, we're definitely going to miss uh, Brother Dustin on this one. Yeah, I agree with that. We're, uh, uh, we hope uh, Brother Dustin feels better. So, yeah, again, you know, we kind of explained why we were doing this It duology last week, so I don't really have to go into that, but... Just uh, my general thoughts is I I like this movie. Um, it to me it's not insanely rewatchable. Uh, just because there there are points in this film where you feel the runtime. I mean, you really feel it. And I know Nico said it's a fast three hours, and it can be. Uh, but sometimes some of this stuff just drags. They they fit a bunch of shit in one movie, and I don't know if breaking it up into three is is any better. Because again, you you would kind of lose the this movie's kid focused, this movie's adult focused out of that. So now I w- I, w- I wouldn't have fixed it that way. But it's just a long movie. It's two hours and fifty minutes. This movie is the same length as the Titanic, and that's you know that movie made a shit ton of money. So a long movie can do you know really good things. And um, for the most part, I like this movie. One thing I will give this movie a ton of credit for is the casting, the adult casting. Yes. I, I I think it is so fucking spot on perfect all of them i don't have a single complaint about any of this cast i think even henry bowers which is a storyline i don't care about even that is well casted and well acted like you can tell these adult actors took their time and studied what the kids do the little nuances the little things that got it down to a t big big round of applause to all of them especially bill Hader, which to me should have earned him a fucking Oscar. He was great in this movie. Comedy, drama, he had, he had it both, man. I I think he's great, but so is everybody else. So big kudos to that. And, of course, Bill Skarsgård. I'm not going to get into what I said last week. Y'all know what I said. But Jessica <laughs> Chastain, call me sometime. I'll pay for the call. I'll pay for the phone bill at this point. My man, there it is. I was waiting on that one. Uh we're going to get into a lot of discussion tonight. And the, uh, Dustin mentioned it last week. You could cut all the Bowers out to me in this one. You could have just said, yes. all right, he died in the well. He's out. Like, you could have yep. saved a solid 10 minutes of this movie just getting rid of all of his stuff. Absolutely. And, Nico, I'm glad you said that. I think this this show will be a little more discussion-heavy than, than scene-slash-movie-heavy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I'm sure everyone who's tuning into this will understand this is going to be somewhat of a longer review. <laughs> uh, I did my best to, you know, try and condense my scenes in so we didn't have, you know, 
30 scenes of review. So y'all ready to jump into it? Let's do it. Let's do it, brother. All right, the film, it starts, you know, just with the kids from the first one in the field. Uh, Bev tells them her dream, and then, you know, we see Bill's blood oath again. Then we get aerial shots of Derry with narration from Mike. 27 years later, and we're at a carnival. Adrian and Don are a couple playing games. Then they're, like, verbally insulted by some. I just read they're homophobes. They leave, you know, and head to their car. Then they get physically attacked by that group of homophobes from the carnival. And I, I wrote, it's kind of tough to watch this scene, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Adrian, he's thrown off of the bridge into the river. And this is a really cool visual. Uh, we see Pennywise on the bank. And it's kind of blur. We're, we're seeing it from Adrian's POV. So he looks kind of blurry. But then uh, Pennywise grabs Adrian and then he bites into his chest. And then we see the red balloons fill the air. I really, I really do like the opening scene. It, mm-hmm. it, it keeps up with the, the first movie's opening scene. Now, Mike, Mike wakes up. Now, it's not as good, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good second. You know, it's a good opening scene for the second movie. Right. No doubt. Mike, Mike wakes up to hearing alerts on the radio. He goes to the bridge, and he finds a red balloon, and he sees Come Home written on the bridge. Now, now I'm just going to – I condensed all of the, you know, the kids getting the call or the grown-ups getting the call now. Now we're with Bill. He's a film writer. He's getting pressured on writing the ending to this movie. He gets a call from Mike. You need to come home. Now to Eddie. He's in traffic rushing to work. He gets a call from Mike, and then he's hit by a taxi. And then Richie, Bill Hader, we see he, he introduced to him. He's throwing up. He's nervous, uh, getting ready to do He's a stand-up comedian. He, and I wrote he completely bombs his set. Real-life Bill Hader wouldn't bomb his set, though. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. Now to Ben. He's a successful businessman, and he's sexy AF right now. <laughs> he, uh, he has uh, Bev's postcard, his that note still. He gets a call from Mike now. Uh, now we get a really cool shot, I thought. It's uh, Stanley. He's doing this puzzle like on this glass table, and the camera comes through the puzzle. Yeah. It's missing. I thought that was really awesome. Really good. Really cool shot. Really well done. We get a call. He gets a call from Mike, and, and I wrote, he seems very, very shook from the call. And then he says, it's come back. And then Mike says, we had a promise, remember? Then this is a really powerful visual. Stanley gets into the bathtub. Let me flip my page real quick. Stanley gets in the bathtub and reminisces to their blood oath. He cuts his wrist committing suicide in the bathtub. Now to Beverly. She doesn't seem to remember what happened. None of them did. Uh, I wrote her husband is really abusive. He asks about her call with Mike. He chokes her, then hits her with a belt. I wrote she's a badass and runs out of the door, leaving her wedding ring like on the porch. Now we see this quick rainwater runoff to a pool of bodies and blood. Young Henry Bowers awakes. The cops pull guns on the cops pull guns on him and arrest him. And he sees a red balloon in the air and smiles. Now it's the present day. Now he's in like a psych ward and he sees the balloon out the window. He goes psycho and is then taken to his room. He sees the balloon under his bed and it pops in the zombie form of that bully Philip crawls towards him and gives him his pocket knife that he lost. That's the first two scenes I got wrote down. Uh, Brian, you want to go first, brother? Yeah, there's, sure. Um, there's a I lot the same there. Thing. I, there's a lot there, and I apologize for for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. Well, as long as as long as people don't get tired of hearing me talk. Um, 
Yeah, so it's solid open. Uh, I, I said I don't think that it has, you know, really a whole lot. It doesn't have anything, nothing on the opening of the first one. But again, I mean, you have to think, I think about this movie as the middle of the book, not the beginning. So um, that's that's the way I think of it. So I think that's a, a solid open. But again, I think of it as, as the middle there. Um, I love the meadow with the director, you know, telling Bill the ending to his book is terrible. Look, if, 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 if you don't think that the ending of the book of it is terrible, it's awful. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's absolutely um, pathetic. Yeah. It was a little too on the nose. Probably. I mean, it just missed him looking at the camera when he said it, but, but I appreciated it. Um, this time it does get to be a little bit much the next time to me. Um, I love the, I, I like Mike. I love the casting as the adult losers club. They're perfect. I think, um, fun fact, the kids were asked, uh, who they would like to play their older selves actually. And I'll save all of their choices for the fun facts section, but only Finn Wolfhard and Sophia Lillis's were cast. Um, I will say Jaden Martell, uh, Bill said that Christian Bale or was his choice and thank God that didn't work out. Cause I love James McAvoy. Yeah. Um, I have to miss, mention the same thing Nico did. The transition between Ben and Stanley um, into that puzzle piece was great cinematography. There's some crappy CG in this movie. That was not one of it. Um, fun fact there, Mc, McAvoy I actually only got the role because uh, Chastain uh, recommended him as a favor for uh, McAvoy recommended Chastain and X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, I had zero idea until this rewatch, by the way, that Eddie's wife is actually played by the same actress that played his mom in the first one. And I had no idea about that. But, uh, you know, and, and that boardroom president in, uh, in Ben's scene is actually the same guy who played young Ben in the 90s miniseries. So that was a nice little uh, a nice little uh, Easter egg there. Um, also, we meet this is all right. So we meet Bill and Beverly's spouses, uh, Audra and Tom. But then they're both just completely forgotten about uh, in the movie. But in the book, right. there's a there's a whole so subplot where like they return to Derry like looking for them, and uh, Pennywise uses Tom to like kidnap Audra. And to me, that's much better subplot than Henry in this uh, completely. And I think Tom would be a much better antagonist if you're going to have a second one. Then you know if you're going to go that route, I think Tom would have been a much better uh, uh, antagonist than than Bowers again. Right. And uh, lastly, I'll say it now and I'll say it again later. I hate the Bauer subplot. I hate everything about it. Um, the only positive I can say is the casting of Teach Grant as the older Henry, like yeah. Mike said, is great. Absolutely. But uh, also, lastly, I'll shout out to Nicholas Hamilton, who young young Henry Bowers in this and in the first one, uh, for doing the intro to this episode for us. Hey, so real quick on that subplot from the book. You know, I read that too and – and I remember it in the book, and and I'll, I'll I'll just be honest. I'm glad it's not in this film. Now you're all right. I would like it better than the Henry Bowers stuff. But this movie's so damn long. It doesn't need a subplot. Give me just give me Pennywise and the Losers Club, man. Because everything else is just. And, and I'm fine with them barely featuring those two spouses because as at the end of the day, they end up being so irrelevant to the story. Um, well, that, in my def in my defense, I wanted that subplot, but I also wanted a lot of shit cut out, so it right. would have fit in there a lot of better. Right. Well, that makes that makes sense because there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't mind having cut out either. Okay, yeah. so I'll go back to the beginning because, like you said, there is a lot here. Um, I'm not a hundred percent like I I'm not a hundred percent like on board with this movie starting with a flashback. I know that's kind of a nitpick, but I don't know. I kind of like the the. I don't really love when a movie does that. It's fine for a TV show, 
But I'm a big, and I know it had been two years, and you're giving everybody a refresh. But uh, to me, that's on the audience. Watch the fucking first film, and then come see this. Um, but but right. but that's just me. Um, so again, nitpick doesn't hurt anything, but it's just I don't know. It's not something that I enjoy. The you know the scene at the carnival or the festival is brutal. It is a tough watch, especially because you know it's a homophobic hate crime, and it's it's tough. It's it's violent. <laughs> And, you know, they don't pull any punches with it. Uh, I think it's – here's something I will say. I like that opening scene because it makes it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, and that's not always a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. It it kind of sets the tone for what the town of Derry is really like, especially because Pennywise is creeping around again. And I I like that a lot. I, I think it's – here's something that, that, that both It movies have over a lot of horror movies. It's, they're really well made. They're well shot. The, the you know the you know the money is used correctly the lighting the cinematography all that stuff is great like I just love the way these movies are shot um, and you know you talked about the cool shot coming in with um, uh, when we're introduced to Stan that's an awesome shot like and there's a lot of those in this movie so you know kudos to to how this movie is actually made uh, something that's mentioned in the book that's not really a big point here is how they're all kind they're all successful. And they all forget. It's not as touched on in this movie as I would have liked it to be. Uh, but they're all very successful <laughs> on their own. And they all forget that they're in Derry. And it's not quite explained as like, you know, Pennywise or this, you know, mythical thing that happened to them where they forget about Derry. They forget about everything. Uh, it's not, it's touched on, but it's not, I felt like they could have gone a little bit more in that and explained it a little bit. I feel like the first, as long as this movie is, the first 20 minutes is kind of rushed. I know that's, you know, weird to say because I right. feel like I'm splitting hairs, but I think that's the truth. I think they don't really give quite enough background on that. Um, a lot of the introduction to characters I like, I like the one with Bill. I think McAvoy is great. I like, I like Eddie. Uh, I love the casting there. And I think it's hilarious that the same woman that played his mom is playing his wife. That's perfect. <laughs> like there's literally perfect casting. You couldn't ask for anything better than that. Um, I think again, Bill Hader, great. He's great as a failing uh, stand-up comic. That was a funny scene. Again, this movie's fucking funny. Like this movie has some really genuine good comedy. Uh, and the, you know how they hand, and I. And by the way, not to go overlook, the guy who played Mike. He's also the Old Spice guy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's great. I think as Mike, he's really good. So I, I don't want to, you know, just throw him under the rug because you know he actually does something in this film. Um, Stan's I'm doing, I'm doing the smiling GIF right now. Are you? Just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, baby. Nodding my head. He has abs too. They just didn't show it. Um, <laughs> Stan, and that's another thing. I can't wait till we get to the abs scene. It's just like, oh, let's cut into these fucking gorgeous abs, you bastard. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Stan's death is done well for a suicide. Um, and I think it's kind of hard sometimes to portray a very serious suicide on a movie. And I think that this movie does it well. They don't show too much but they show exactly what they need to show. And like you said, it kind of goes back to their blood oath. I think that was really well done. And the domestic violence scene was not easy to watch either, just because I don't really want to see Jessica Chastain get hit with a belt like that. That's kind of fucked up, man. Um, so again, and you know, it kind of, you know, it, he's a representation of her father. She's never had a man in her life that didn't view her as meat, except for Ben or, you know, Bill too. And, you know, or that didn't beat her in this way. And so that's kind of, you know, her putting the ring down in the rain. I love that shot. That's a representation of this is now a divorce or, you know, in her mind anyway. So good stuff. I, as long, 
this is a little bit of a rush section. I know I'm talking a lot, but there's a lot here, so bear with me. But I do like I like this set of scenes a lot. I think it gives me what I want. I'm just going to ignore Bowers. For the, for every time you mention the Bowers <laughs> subplot, I'm just going to ignore it. Sorry, Nico. I just don't care. It is well acted. I will give him that. I, I think it's he, he looks like he's unhinged, like he's really actually you know gone off the deep end. So I like that, but I just don't care about it. I just do not give a fuck about it so there we go don't don't worry i think i say that i hate it enough in here for both of us so okay we're good. <laughs> uh yeah i don't want to pile on so i'm just gonna not even mention it sorry nico <laughs> no no two two things um <clears throat> i for to be a three-hour movie like you said the opening up until they get to the restaurant is very rushed yes it is yes, not, i mean we're just all right this is this guy you know this is grown-up version of this person this is grown-up version of this person this is kind of their job but we don't we we know more about their job than why they forgot and right. all that and exactly I, and no I, I'm 100 with you on that and I agree with you about Bowers I mean he doesn't even have a significant role later on in the movie honestly and that's another thing that they don't pay that off he's just there and I really don't understand that I don't understand Stephen King's writing there either like what yeah like, they don't pay, they don't pay it off in the book either so. right right or, well exactly so I would have. I, hell, they have creative liberty. I ought to just cut Henry Bowers out of this one. But, nope. I mean, honestly, the adult actor that plays him and the kid actor, plays, I think they both did a great job. I just don't care about the actual character of Henry Bowers. So, sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely not taking anything away from the actors. Right. I just think it's pointless to have them in it, in this movie. Um, yeah. All right, I'm going to jump to the next few scenes. It, these two scenes are two of my favorites, honestly. Yep. I agree with you. Now, now all the group meets at the Chinese restaurant. I wrote, Richie is hilarious still. They start to drink, eat, and bullshit with each other. They ask about Stanley. They ask about Stanley. Ben looks jealous of Bill and Bev still. They get their fortune cookies. They all felt sick getting the call, they say. Mike says the further you are away from Derry, the easier it gets. They remember Pennywise now. Guess Stanley could not cut it, their fortunes read. The other, the other fortune cookies start to shake and become these odd, and I wrote this in quotations, the thing like create like creatures. <laughs> then acid comes out the bowl, and uh, there's like baby heads in the aquarium. It's it's a really kind of a weird scene, too. Uh, the waitress walks into the madness, and nothing's really going on. It's all in their head. <laughs> Richie insults a kid he thinks is a mirage, and they're all mad at Mike. Bev calls Stanley's uh, wife, and he, they hear of his suicide. They all but Bill drive off pissed off. Mike has to show Bill one thing. All right, now this, this next scene, is this is some good stuff. This is, yeah, at the yeah. baseball game now, this little girl, Victoria, she follows a firefly under the bleachers. She meets Pennywise. You're not my friend. You're scary. He says he gets made fun of for his looks. Victoria says she's made fun of for like this, uh, what is it, like a birthmark or like a scar on her face that she has? Yeah. He says he can blow it away. Come closer in the count of three. Then Pennywise like bites her and kills her. It's it's a that's that's a, a it chapter one scene. That's really good. The guard at the psych ward sees a victim and Bowers behind him. Bowers like slit slit the kid's throat. Bowers he sneaks that he gets out of the psych ward and he gets in the car and that Philip uh, zombie drives off. Uh, the group gets to the Dairy Motel. Ben asks Bev how she knew. She says she's seen all of their deaths. That's the next two scenes I got. Mike, you want to go, brother? 
Yeah, so uh, again, probably not going to touch on the end there, but I will say, um, all right, so I love everything in the, you know, the JD Orient or whatever it's called. I love everything from, you know, the interaction where they meet back up and they're kind of like rediscovering stuff and kind of remembering stuff and just kind of catching back up. All that's great. I love all that until those fucking fortune cookies hatch. And then look, it, and it could just be my taste, okay? But I'm just not a fan of how they use the CGI here. None of this really scares me. It, it's not that it l- doesn't look good. It's just a little hokey to me. So I could have done without some of that. I get it. I get what they're going for. And again, we're talking with a shape-shifting clown here. So I guess I shouldn't be really this nitpicky. But I am. It didn't really do anything for me. But everything leading up to it is great. I love all that, and I love everything after where the where the waitress comes back in. That's fucking funny, genuinely funny, because it looks like not like they were just fucking partying instead, like having an American Pie two you know style banger <laughs> at the Chinese restaurant. That's how it looked. So again, I I like everything but that. So still gets a big thumbs up in my opinion. I look. So the only thing I will say is the Jade of the Orient restaurant looks. I know, I, Brian. This was the thing. Not the scene, but the way the restaurant looks in the miniseries is better to me. But they're oh, almost God. identical. They're pretty damn close. Like, if you look at the miniseries Chinese restaurant and you look at this one, they're pretty damn similar. But I just feel like, I don't know, it's weird. Something about the one from the miniseries gives me the freaking creeps, man. Um, so, under the bleachers. You're not wrong, Nico. Like, you're a thousand percent right. This is It Chapter One stuff. And it's probably, this scene is probably the scariest scene in the movie, I think. Um, Just as far as actual scares, you know, horror, you know, the horror part of it. This is about as scary as it gets. Um, I think Bill Skarsgård is fucking awesome here. And we don't get to see him do this a lot. He actually gets to act, speak, uh, not just, you know, ho-ho, I'm a clown. Like, he gets to actually say some dialogue and I think it's so, his delivery is so good. I said earlier in our in our group message I was going to do the impression. That might come later. I have another idea for that. But because this is really tough to kind of mimic the voice, but uh he's great here. He is so good. Uh the little girl plays it straight. She's great. Uh that is a scary fucking scene and I I love it. It's great. Um all the stuff in the motel or you know them arriving there is fine. Uh, but I, 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 I'm going to save my thoughts on Bev seeing their death for when we actually kind of break it down a little bit, because it kind of comes a little bit after the, you know, Mike and Bill stuff, then everyone knows that Bev can see their deaths. But as far as Bev knowing how Stanley died before she got there, you know, know, that's kind of some valid information we could have known, Bev. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you, Mike, on the dinner scene, man. I, I love it. Um, I enjoyed catching up with these characters yep. again. Um, and it's because, you know, you don't feel like, see, in the miniseries, you felt like you were meeting new characters. I yes. did anyway. Yes. But to true. me, I feel like that these are just exactly older versions, uh, like they grow up. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, Eddie and his and – his, uh, um, the, the, the guy that – or the kid that played, uh, you know, his um, – 
what an alternate version, the younger version of himself. He man, they could really be related. I mean, they are. It's it's crazy how much they really look like each other. You know, and and the actors are so good that they pick up. You know the children's traits, and they're just very believable as adult versions of them uh, of themselves. I guess um, I agree with you, though. I, I hated the CGI. Like it just, I was like, come the fuck on! Like as soon as that was going, I was like, it's just. It, to me, it was just awful. And uh, I really felt like there there was a little bit of, and there is a little bit throughout this movie. I love Richie, but there's a little bit of misplaced comedy. It reminded me a little bit of Halloween 2018, where it's just like, that wasn't really the place for that comedy, you know, in some places. And uh, that, that's, that's kind of how I felt. That's yeah, that's fair. Yep. Um, you know, this the scene with the little girl, the best scene in this movie, probably. It's great. Um, it's disturbing. It's perfect. I love the acting from uh, Ryan Kiera uh, Armstrong as Victoria. Uh, <clears throat> actually, this girl was actually in, I didn't even notice, notice this either. She was actually in the opening of the carnival scene as well. Yeah. And she was a little girl that Adrian, like, gives her prize after losing against him in that carnival game. So, you know, and she's actually more than more than likely, if you've read the book, she's the counterpart to uh, like Lori Ann Winderbarger, um, which like their deaths aren't the same. And, you know, it's my personal opinion is that her death in the book was probably too close to Georgie's. Um, and they they rewrote it for the movie and they kind of created this character off of that. That that's I did not read that. That's just my interpretation of the character. Um, I don't know if, if that's a fact or not at all. But um, you know, like in the book, I know she's riding a tricycle in the storm, and I think maybe that was just people would think that's a little bit too close to Georgie. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. I love what they did with her in the movie for sure. Um, Bowers escaping is fucking stupid. Um, it didn't show it. <laughs> It didn't show it, thank God, because he escaped the whole damn thing with one knife. Like he, well, however many guards, whatever's in that place, that must be the least security prison of all time or institution or whatever. But you know, that's he killed everybody and walked out of there with one little switchblade. I think it's absolutely stupid. And then you got a zombie driving. Get the fuck out of here. I hate. I hated that whole that whole thing. Um, wow, so stupid. Fuck that yeah. zombie shit. <laughs> And lastly, you know, Bev having the visions was what I was kind of talking about a little bit in the last review. Um, you know, the deadlights gave her those visions, and I don't feel like that they got into them as much as maybe I, I would have liked, you know, kind of explained them a little bit more. Um, her, her explanation to them is a little weak. You know, I would have bought it more, I think, if she would have just came out and said, hey, if we don't kill it, we're all going to die like in Final Destination. They would have been able to relate to that. It would have been completely you know, I don't know. Maybe they don't watch movies, but, um, and you know, the, the last thing I will say, like, is it just me or did they hold by all the whole group? I felt like they bought into the whole native American theory a little too easily. Now I know that Richie gives a little bit of pushback, but I just feel like as a whole, I don't know. I mean, maybe they, since they went through all that shit, it was easier for them to believe, but I didn't believe it as an audience that they would buy into it that quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree with you there, Brian. hundred percent. All right. Bear with me guys. Uh, we're about to get into a, a lot of, a lot of, uh, artifact finding. Yeah. Some of the stuff before the artifact stuff, man stinks, but go ahead and read it over anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is kind of a part of the movie that kind of gets a little monotonous runtime looking at runtime. Mike, speaking, of run, speaking of runtime, I think I have the most notes on this section. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, well, go, that's fine, brother. Mike and Bill get to the library, a.k.a. Mike's house in the top of the building. Mike tells Bill of all the research he's done 
to kill it. Bill starts to feel bad, and Mike wants to show him what he saw. Mike spiked Bill's water with, like, this root so Bill can see their pain and how to stop it, talking about the Native Americans. Now, back to the hotel, they ask Bev of their deaths. She sees their deaths because of the deadlight she saw. Mike says a tribal ritual is how to stop it. Bev says they don't last another 20 years. We have to remember, Mike says. They go to their underground clubhouse from their childhood. Now we just get... I, I do... I, re, I like the younger kids better than these older guys. I got to admit that. The young kids have fun. You know, we just see all these flashbacks of them hanging out. The adults look around and they reminisce. And they and I wrote, wear your hair nets. Mike says they have to find their artifacts to sacrifice. Find your artifacts and meet in the library tonight. That's kind of a short time span too, Mike. I mean, come on now. Yeah, man. It's not that easy just to break into your old apartment, my man. Nope. <laughs> Bev goes to her childhood apartment. Her father's passed away. She goes in for a drink. She looks around and has a flashback with her dad being a weirdo. She finds her secret admirer postcard, and we see the old lady. I like this. You see the old lady like in the background in another room, kind of like real pissed off, like kicking and punching in the air. They drink tea together, and the old <laughs> lady is like really awkward and smiles like really like creepily at her, and she's got this really bad scar on her chest. The old lady's father was in the circus. She charges Bev as this naked zombie-like monster, and I hate the way that thing looks. Uh, go, she goes into a room and sees Pennywise. Bev goes into a room and sees Pennywise applying makeup and leaves the apartment. Now I wrote, now it's Richie's turn. He goes to the old arcade. Flashback to Bowers calling him a gay slur, running out as a kid. The giant Paul Bunyan statue chases him. Richie is handed a flyer with his death on it. Pennywise is on the statue, asking him to play with him. And then you hear Pennywise, I know your secret. He runs off and Pennywise uh, face gets all scrambled and he's like, come back and play. I really like that visual. Now it's Bill's turn. He goes into the antique shop and then we get, you know, the Stephen King cameo. He wants to buy his old bike, 300 bucks for this old piece of junk. And I wrote, it rides horribly at first, but then my guy Bill, he just takes off and just lets it flow through his flowing locks. He rides, <laughs> he, rides, he rides past his old house and he gets to the drain where Georgie was taken. Flashback to him asking into the sewer, into the drain, why Georgie? He sees Georgie, he reaches for him, and then a bunch of little hands grab him, but then he just rolls away with the boat. He, and then he pulls the kid away and says, stay away from that sewer. He says, and then the little kid says he hears voices from the drains. It's, a, it's voices from kids and a clown. And now it's Ben's turn. He gets to the school. Bullied as a kid for his weight, Bev appears behind him, and she starts smoking a cigarette in class. He goes to kiss her, but she calls him fat, and then he sees her head on fire now, and he runs away. He hides in a, in a locker, and he finds a note from Bev. Then Pennywise is in the locker with him, and he calls him a fat boy. And I wrote, Pennywise is great in all these scenes. Uh, that's the next two scenes, a.k.a. A, a shit ton of stuff going on right there. Uh, <laughs> Brian, you said you had a lot. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, and I don't even have this. I was just going to say, because you talked about you liking the children's scenes more. And I think that's why I like the first part so much is because, right. like, it's the children. And, you know, I don't, you know, like I said last week, I think we all relate to one of them or at least, you know, maybe a couple of them. And it's just, 
you know, plus children are so much more vulnerable. It makes the whole thing just instantly a little bit more scary than it is with the adults. So like now you, you want the adults to come kick some ass. Whereas, you know, you, you felt scared for the kids a little bit. So I, I, I think that's why I feel that way too. Uh, I feel the exact same way. I think most hey, people do actually. Hey Brian, can I interject real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the problem with this movie is we separate the adult cast too much. And they don't get to like bond. Like the Chinese restaurant scene to me is great until yeah, you get all the horrible CGI inserted. Right, right. If you could have yeah. just watched, if we could have just watched this adult cast like the younger kids just bond and hang out, I would have liked it a lot more, I think. That's just me. Go ahead, Brian. No, absolutely. I agree. Great. Um, the, the Mike and Bill Lantern vision, I think it's weird as hell and to me seems like completely out of place. Yes. But in, but in the book, it's way more weird. With the whole group like going into some like smoke hole, so as weird as this is, trust me, it's better. And uh, shout out to Dead Meat James because him saying Mike lives in the library like some fucking literary Quasimodo cracked my ass up. <laughs> I was like, perfect. Um, you know, I do love, I love, love the clubhouse scenes. Uh, seeing those kids bond more to me, it just adds so much more depth. You know, and I love the comedy relief here from both of the Richies, older and the younger. Um, Eddie is a kid talking about Stanley saying, you know, I wonder what he was like growing up. And Richie's saying, well, probably what he was like as a kid. My answer that I wrote down was like, what? Absolutely useless, scared of everything and zero help to any situation. OK, cool. Gotcha. Pretty much. I'm just not a, not really a fan of that character either. No. If you can't get that good. But, um, you know, also, I, I get you're giving Mike something to do, you know, in this movie. And, and especially since he was kind of left out a little bit in the last movie. But I think they take it a little too far. Like if I was in that group and he told me, we need you all to go get your artifact to sacrifice on your own. I think, you know, Ruchi does a little bit, but I'd be like, what the fuck kind of rules are this anyway? And like, how do you even know that? I just feel like everyone, ag again, agrees way too easily to this whole plan. And it just seems a little cheesy. Um, like I said, beside Richie, at least he pushed back a tad. But, you know, let Ben give this dialogue because you made him the nerd and bookworm in the first one. And you, I didn't I, I said I didn't care for it, but you exactly. gave him all the plot exposition. So, yep. like, let him do it here. You know, it just I don't know. It made a little bit more sense. But I get you trying to, I guess, give Mike the character a little bit more to do. Um, now, Beverly's seen at her old apartment. Like, are you kidding me? To me, like, this is the most memorable scene in the entire movie. And I think because I remember genuinely being like, what the fuck in the movie theater? And so was everybody else when that big ass naked right. old lady came running in there. Um, you know, in the book, this is almost exact, except because it's Stephen King. It's way more fucked up, of course. And like with the old lady even taking the form of like her dad and telling him, you know, he wanted to rape her and shit. There's also some like cheesy ass like Hansel and Gretel thing with, you know, her turning into, you know, turning into like the witch and wanting to throw him in the oven. So I don't know. It's a it's a that was another great decision to cut that trash out as well. Um, I think it was great acting from Joan Gregson and Jessica Chastain in that scene. Um by the way, she left her purse in there, and that bothered me. Like, I don't, I, you know how much of a pain in the ass it's going to be to replace all that stuff? Like, she was standing outside, and I was like, you forgot your fucking purse. Like, I don't know. That's the first thing I thought. Um, I got two more little things here, and I'll be done. But, uh, you know, in the books, too, you know, Richie, Richie wasn't gay in the books, but it was always a, like a fan theory out there. So, you know, Andy Machete decided to make it a little bit more, you know, prevalent in here. And, um, you know, it's interesting that Bowers breaks it up, too, in, you know, in that little arcade scene, because in the books, uh, Bowers gets a hand job from Hockstetter. Right. So, 
you know, it's, you know, and I'm not a fan of the Paul Bunyan statue attack. The CG isn't good to me. And so that doesn't do anything for me or the story, honestly. But honestly, I do like how they embraced in this movie the whole Eddie and Richie thing. Yeah. Like, I I think it gives them both like a lot more character development and it lets the death, spoiler alert, uh, later in the movie, like hit that much harder, to be honest. So I really like that, that they made that creative decision. Um, lastly, you know, Bill was crossing the street and Derry was, Derry's hopping when he was going to go get that bike. I mean, like there's a ton of freaking people in that place, but yet it was like dead earlier and they're walking down the street. Like it was just a ghost town. So in the books, it's like a big ghost town. So I think that they, they, I don't know if that was a mess up or that didn't really make any sense. Plus they have a big carnival later. I got where the hell is all the people when they're walking in? It's like dead. But, um, you know, obviously the meta is fuck Stephen King moment, right. you know, dog, dog, dogging the book ending again. But this is where I said I think it was a little too much. Like the first part or the first time it happened, the opening scene, I was like, oh, OK. Ah. But now I was like, you know, I, I thought that was a little bit too much. And come on, Bill. I mean, after everything, everything, you stick your hand in the fucking sewer. Like, I don't I don't even have the words for that. But I do feel I do feel like it got great visuals there. Um, and lastly, the whole sequence with that little boy, Dean, who is actually the same kid from the, from the restaurant with Richie, right. but you know, in him living in Bill's old house was completely made up by James McAvoy and Musetti on the spot because McAvoy said that the story was kind of missing a beat for Bill where, you know, where he's dealing with the guilt and caused his brother's death. And like, they literally threw in and under an hour, like created this whole new sequence. So, and sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to talk that much. No, that's great. And I like that sequence. And I'm glad they did that because I actually think that's good acting by James McAvoy. Like, like that is where he shines in these scenes where he has to be serious. Like in this movie where, where uh, Bill gets emotional, you know, he has that little stutter, you know, like, you, you know, like Kid Bill does. I love all that. So that's great. Um, as far as going way back, because again, there's a lot here. Uh, the Mike and Bill Lantern stuff, I, I could leave without that. Like that, I, I feel like you could have summed that up, trimmed some time. I didn't need all the racist Indian stuff either. Um, but you know, so I like the clubhouse scene. The problem with the clubhouse scene is this is our first time seeing this clubhouse. They don't talk about this clubhouse in the first movie, correct? Correct. Okay, so. I feel like they made it very, very important, and I get that we get a flashback, and that's fine. And I don't know if there was the del- was there a deleted scene filmed with the clubhouse being involved at all. You know, in the book, Ben basically builds the clubhouse. That's why he's an architect and all that stuff. Like that's that's why he gets in the losers club is because you know he can help them build this fucking clubhouse so i would have liked a little more backstory there see there's some stuff i would have trimmed and some stuff i would have added this would have been something i would have at least elaborated on in the first movie where where we could have got a scene with them in the clubhouse that way we're already tied to their clubhouse i feel like that could have done a little more backstory um bev's artifact scene i really like everything i like jessica chastain the old woman whose name is slipping me. You already said it, Brian. I love their interaction. I think it's great. I think Bill Skarsgård is great. You know, when he, he where he's, he, you know, makes his face white and the, you know, claws his face and all the acting there is so good. You yeah. know, even the, you know, even how Bev gets her artifact, I think is at least creative. Right. Uh, you know, she knew exactly where it was. And I, I thought all that was really good. This naked boob monster thing is not. Uh, uh, I like she, that. I think it's funny. 
Well, it is funny, but I'm, <laughs> but if we're going for scares, it's not there. But it is fucking funny. Don't get me wrong. Um, what I'll say is I feel like that scene would have been scarier with just a crazy old naked lady. I didn't yeah. need her to be some giant, you know, flabbing monster thing. I and and I get it. That's not it's you know that's not its wheelhouse. But you know, we've seen him kind of overtake normal people before and be scary. So I don't really see why that was the thing. But again, very memorable scene. I think it's really well shot, made all that stuff. I, I don't I don't have to keep saying that. But I I like that scene. Um, the stuff with Richie. You know, you know the gay subtext, and it, this isn't so much even subtext in this movie. Uh, like you said in the book, it's just kind of it's kind of subtext, and that's why it's a fan theory. This is kind of you know we we know at this point that Richie is closeted gay, and I think, like you said, I do think it adds a lot to right. the character. I think Bill Hader does a great job in the acting and like kind of having to hold on to that secret, and I I. I'm with you, Brian. I'm not a big fan of the Paul Bunyan scene. The CGI is almost like conjuring two CGI, so that kind of bugs me. Mm-hmm. Um, not a fan of that, but I like the arcade stuff because, again, it makes you – it's more character development. You feel bad for Richie having to hold on to – you know, he, he can't be himself. You, you, you hate that for him. And so I think it's fine, uh, but he probably has, to me, the least memorable because the Paul Bunyan thing doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, Ben's, I'm like, here's the thing, the, the stuff with Ben in the school, like it's very, uh, you know, the kiss me fat boy. That's from the miniseries. That's pretty great. Um, all that stuff, but the CGI is not great here to me either bugs me. Not a fan of his artifact thing, but I get it. And, you know, like you said, they were trying to give Mike something to do. I know I'm going way back, but I'm just kind of going down what the list of characters does in this set of scenes here. Yeah. I know they're giving Mike something to do, but you make a great point. In the in the first movie, it's Ben that's the library guy, and I don't know if they didn't think ahead or whatever, but you should have just given Mike that responsibility in the first movie if you were going to give it to him in the second movie. It would have made yes. a lot more sense. So, yes. again, maybe that's a small nitpick, but I don't think so. Like I think it makes a big difference. I'll be honest. As far as the acting and how how real and raw and how good I think the scene is. McAvoy as Bill with the all the way from the pawn shop to the ending scene with the kid in his old house. I think he's great. Like I there are so he's probably the one that looks the least like his kid self, but I he does such a good job with the mannerisms, the little things, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way he acts. He is Bill grown up and i think it's the acting there is so good i love the stephen king cameo some people thought it was overkill i thought it was funny um i get your point though brian about how okay we get it he's not a good ending writer but the fact that stephen king is willing to just admit that is it's fine with me like because he's right his endings for most things suck ass and so i'm totally fine with that criticism but I just feel like I just feel like that if they were going to do it, they should have just not done it twice. Right. Maybe like just here you right. know, with Stephen King. I, don't I agree with that. Right. And and I could see that. And honestly, that would have trimmed some fat from another scene. So that would have been fine with me because we could have trimmed this the way I could probably trim my talking about it. But I can't help it. Got things to say about a long ass fucking movie with a lot of shit in it. <laughs> um, and and so I like this set of scenes like as a 
as a group collectively, I like this set of scenes, but it almost makes me angry a little bit because of what comes later where everybody breaks up again. That's a problem. That's why. Sometimes I forget they break up again. So anyway, I know I'm spoiling it and getting ahead, but it is what it is. I like the set of scenes, though. I just want to touch on a couple of things y'all said. Um, first off, the character of Mike. I, I think I put it in the group text. Um, I thought the whole ritual scene was just so, a scene just to give Mike something to do in this movie. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. I know y'all did. I didn't. I didn't like the Paul Bunyan CGI as well, but I thought the visual of Pennywise coming down, you know, with his legs running with the balloons, that shit was awesome. I love that look, honestly. Oh, and his dirty little secret. I know your secret, your dirty little secret. <laughs> like it's so good. Yeah, I, lo- I love that, and I love Pennywise in the uh, locker with Ben as well. That was great. But to yeah. me, th- to me, this just like all of this just got monotonous uh, with the uh, you know the they relive something from their childhood, then they get a jump scare from Pennywise, and they all run away. That's just it, over and over and over. Right. And to me, honestly, the one that's coming up with Eddie is the least memorable to me, uh, just because it's kind of annoying. And, it's also, uh, it's all, it's also funny. It kind it's of mem- it's memorable to me because it's fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. it's dumb and it, it's almost too funny. It's it's Halloween twenty eighteen. I got peanut butter on my penis. Yeah, you're right. And you know what, Nico, you're absolutely right. He is right. In, in one of these scenes, they should have killed some. They killed one of them. Should have died. Yeah, something should have happened. And I, I, agree, I agree. I agree with you about this, Brian. Bev probably is. It's either Bev or Richie's to me who's the most memorable because Bev's was like the whole trailer for that one. You know, the, I think the right. first trailer yeah. released. Yes, yes. Her in the in the apartment. Uh, yeah, hers is awesome. Except the CGI running lady, I hated that. It just, the CGI just takes you. It just like kills them. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like the the uh, little kid from. We're talking about Halloween 18 a lot. It's kind of like the little yeah. kid who, you know, when Michael's trying to kill a girl and he's being funny. Like the CGI yeah. kills the scene for me a little bit. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's jump back into the scene by scene, fellas. This has been fun to talk about, though. Be- Bev and Ben meet at the hotel. They discuss their day. Uh, she shows him the postcard, and then Richie shows up and said he's leaving. Uh, Eddie's turn. He goes to his old pharmacy. Got to get his inhaler. And I wrote, there's a weirdo pharmacist. Young Eddie hears his name called in the back of the pharmacy. Real creepy room with like metal equi- medical equipment everywhere. His mom is strapped to like this. I don't know what. She's strapped to some kind of board. Then there's something coming after them. It's chained up by the neck and has like a sheet over it. And then it's another zombie-like form. He leaves his mother and he runs. Then grown Eddie opens the curtain. Then is jump scared by the zombie. He chokes it out. Fuck you, he yells, and then it pukes all over him, and he runs out. I, I hate that scene, honestly. He he and Bill make it back to the hotel. Uh, B- Bill, he hugs Bev. They make eye contact, then kiss again, and then the skateboard rolls down the steps. Bill turns it over, and it says, won't be there for him either. Kid from Bill's old house. He's got to go help him at the fair, and Bill runs off. Richie sneaks out, but Bauer's car is in the parking lot of the hotel. And then Bowers, he pops up behind Eddie and stabs his cheek. Bowers says, it's your time. Eddie stabs Bowers with a knife through the shower curtain. He calls for the others and tells them about Bowers. And Bowers, he sneaks out of the window and leaves. Bill makes it to the carnival and chases the kid into one. I don't know what those are called. He chases 
the kid into one of those like mirror rooms where it's like really hard to navigate through. Yeah, like a funhouse thing. Yeah. Yeah, like a fun a mirror funhouse. He tries yeah. to get to him, but he keeps he, he keeps walking into the mirrors. And then he finally sees the kid through the mirror, but Pennywise is behind the kid. And Pennywise bashes his head through the glass over and over. Then he finally breaks through and eats the kid. Richie is driving off debating what to do. He stops when he sees the synagogue. Flashback scenes of the kids. He sits in his old seat and remembers Stanley. Mike hears a book fall in the library. He picks it up and sees the article of the house burning with his parents. Then he's charged by Bowers and they fight. Bowers tries to stab tries to stab Mike, but Richie, you know, he he saves him. He gets in he gets to the library and stabs him in the head, saving him. The others show up and see Bowers dead. Mike calls Bill to come to the library, but Bill's gonna go uh He's going back to the house. He's going to go fight Pennywise, and there's only one place to go. Uh, Mike, you want to go first, brother? Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head when it came to hating Eddie's artifact scene. I fucking loathe this scene. It takes me out of the movie for a little bit. It, it takes me a little bit to get back into it. The, the, the puke is excessive. I don't see the point in it. I think it's dumb. Um, I just, that music, though. That music. That yeah. music. Though. Well, the music, you know kind of a banger but outside of that i i i it just isn't for me man like i and again it's a lot of overkill misplaced comedy to me where i don't even know if it was intentionally supposed to be funny but it fucking was because it was so stupid um so not a fan of of that at all um bill and bev kissing okay married or you know bill is but whatever i guess if you must if you must a wise man once said, let me tell you about the real world. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, that's an inside joke on this show. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, so, um, see, all this, there's too much Bowers in this stuff. So, this collection of scenes is where I start to feel the runtime a lot because I just don't care about Bowers, and there's a lot of Bowers here. There is one, there's two scenes in this group that stand out, and it's, the fun house, which I think is really cool. I love the way it's shot, the lighting, uh, the way they move the camera, the way they use the mirrors. I think is really, really, really cool and well done. I think Pennywise is used perfectly here. I think Bill, you know, just, McAvoy, you know, props to him. I'm gonna give him flowers on this episode. I think his acting is really good. Maybe it's just me, but I think these emotional scenes where he has to kind of like tap into that grief and and he doesn't want the same thing to happen to another little kid. Uh, I love that. I think he just does great in this set of scenes. Um, awesome. And I love that that kid is a consistent thing throughout the whole movie. I think that's, uh, kind of cool too. a nice little yeah. touch. Richie at the synagogue. It's just more character development for the thing, you know, hit, you know, you know, the speech he gave and all that stuff. It's just, I like that. It's, it's, it's again, Bill Hader is great in this movie. And he's great in these scenes. And I know there's, you know, there's some mistimed comedy from him. And some of that, you know, I read was ad-libbed. But for the most part, I think he really carries his weight. Um, and I'm not even, eh, I'm just glad Bowers is dead. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and Nico, you said that it was a weird pharmacist. But that's the same dude from the first one, the Christopher Reeve lookalike. He's just like really janky and nasty looking in this one. Especially when he reaches over and tries to like pop his zit or something. That, that's that was nasty. But uh, and you know, like I and I agree with you, Mike. That music it, it is banger. But right. like that was, it was not 
at all. I mean, it it, it was either right, right. I felt like they couldn't decide whether it was supposed to be a comedy or or funny in that, like at all. Like, right. okay, are you trying to scare people with this leper mummy thing? No. Or are you trying to be funny because it wasn't scary whatsoever, and you definitely made it worse. But with that with that music, I just thought it was really out of place. That's just my. Um, my thing. I, th- I thought it was one, actually, one of the most out of place shit things in a movie that I've ever seen. Like it was that. Like I was like, "What the fuck? Where did that come from?" It was so crazy. Um, also, you know, Bill heading out to help this kid, Dean. You know, definitely feels to me out of place as well. And you know, knowing that it wasn't part of the story kind of explains why a little bit. You know, that I said a little bit earlier, but right. you know, we we do get great visuals in the fun house, and Dean's death is holy shit yep. good. But the whole subplot just kind of feels like kind of feels like you know you're you're playing Legend of Zelda on Super Nintendo, and like this is like a little side quest or something, and that made me sound like old as shit. So moving on, um, <laughs> so the, and, you know, I wrote down fuck the Bower scene because why? Because Eddie doesn't even seem scared. You know, they both just sit there with him like laughing and Eddie genuinely like, what the fuck? And then he cra- then he cracks the joke about his 30-year-old mullet. Like, come on, for God's sakes. Like, can we just let this be the end of ours, like you said? Like, right. could we just let the dude die here in this scene? Right. Like, what's what let Eddie take him out? And yeah, you know, what's I the know. what's the point of him attacking Mike later? Except for just more stuff for Mike to do. Um, like, you know, if you're going to try to stay true to the book, you know, yes, he has to attack Mike. And like in the book, there's, you know, this, I, he attacks Mike, but Richie isn't there to save him in the book. And like Mike spends the rest of the book, like in the hospital in an even weirder Stephen King subplot, which I'm just not a fan of the whole Bowers thing at all, which I've said, um, just to me, like I said, give me Bev's spouse instead. At least it would have been a new character. So I don't know. Bill rides his bike to the house. He tells him not to come. It's his fault. The losers stick together. Let's kill this fucking clown, Richie says. They enter the house, and I wrote, it's freaking gross. It's even worse than the first movie. Ben Stomach is uh, Ben Stomach is being carved. Uh, Eddie and Bill and are locked in a room with a Stanley head that becomes like this giant bug. I, I'm not going to lie. I hate the CGI. It becomes this bug. Bev smashes a mirror as they see Pennywise cutting into uh, Ben's uh, six-pack ab body. <laughs> how, how how tragic, you know? Yeah, your abs will be scarred, but you still have the fucking six-pack, asshole. Yeah, now he's got the wounds to just impress Bev more now, huh? I was going to say, now you toughed it out for her. Get out of here. Dang it. Uh, the, the bug charges at them, and Eddie doesn't do anything to help. He's just in the corner just weeping and crying. Uh, ben stabs the, the ben, ben stabs the fuck out of the bug. Bill goes off on Eddie, but he was just scared. They venture deeper into the sewer. Bev is pulled underwater by the the same naked lady from the apartment. Eddie, I, I, Eddie is scared AF. Mike leads them to the well. Richie tells Eddie he's braver than you think, and Bev gives him you know that fence post that kills monsters is what she says. They descend the well. They get to the place to perform the ritual. The ritual will show its true form. They burn all their artifacts. They form a circle, and Mike starts to speak. The lantern goes out. Turn light into dark. They all start to chant. Then I wrote these three balls of light enter the lantern. A big red balloon comes out of the lantern now, then pops, and they can't hear that well. Pennywise appears. The ritual didn't work. Mike never showed them the full ritual, 
you know, the visuals or whatever. He lied to them. 27 years I've dreamt of you. He becomes this giant lobster-like creature and chases them. They run off and hide in crevices of the cave. Bill falls in water and comes up out of the water in his basement. Richie and Eddie have the very scary, scary, and not scary doors again. Ben is pulled into the clubhouse, and Bev is pulled into a bathroom stall. They open the very scary door, and a lower torso charges them. <laughs> not scary at all has a small dog in it, and then it becomes huh. a monster. All right, the next – and that I stopped right there, but the next two scenes are the last I have. Uh, Brian, you want to go first, man? Yeah. Um, complete, the carving up scene, completely Nightmare on Elm Street there to me, completely 100%, yep. Freddie. Um, and I, plus, I don't even know how that's happening anyway because those are abs of fucking steel. That knife would not stand a chance against those things. Have you seen them? Well, that's the experienced ab haver on the show. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, you talk about the eyeball thing at the beginning being the thing. This head creature yes. of Stanley is is the thing. And actually, I think the thing, its practical effects looked better for this completely, 100%. And that was 40 years ago. Um, and, you know, whenever Stanley's line, when it was like, Bill, you killed me, Bill. You know, I mean, I get that if it's Georgie, but come the fuck on. No, Stanley, you fucking killed you. So I, I was just I did I didn't even I didn't like that line at all. I mean, and plus plus Ben says uh, he's had that yearbook page the whole time, the entire fucking time for twenty seven years. So then why the fuck did you go back to the school to have that entire episode exactly. thing? Couldn't you have just chilled at the library and fucking waited on everybody else to find their shit? Like what what were you why what'd you do that for? Um, he would have been a good one to to uh, no I, no I wouldn't have taken him out. I take that back. Um. Anyway, also, I know dipshit Stanley was part of the whole group, but why are we throwing his stuff in there if it's not him? I mean, because I don't know if I'm trying to make sense of any of this whole ritual thing, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure King had to have been high on another Coke bender writing this like he was when he was writing Cujo, sure. which is, by the way, true story. Look it up. Um, also, I love how they've spent the last two hours of this movie putting together something that doesn't work or help them even a little bit in this ritual. So I like this is where I don't like this. The false ending spoiler alert. It doesn't fucking work. I don't like it. I think that this is, this should have been the end of it to me. Um, but I did like, I thought it was hilarious how every, literally everybody, including Richie was like, fuck you, Mike, while he's admitting he lied about the whole thing. Like that, that was, that was perfect because that was really realistic. And, Lastly, you know, I love the three door callback thing, mm -hmm. honestly, because, you know, I love the Richie and Eddie banter period, but yes. I love how they go a different route this time. And it's just the bottom half of that chick. But honestly, like after everything they've seen, that's what scared you. You could have just slid past that thing, right? It's just fucking legs, right? I mean, it's just a pair of legs under the bat is half the shit that's happened to you in the last two movies. So I don't know that I, I still think that it was, I still think Pennywise was right. It's still not that scary he was right right i man you pretty much hit the damn nail on the head with what i wanted to say so this this is the kind okay i felt like some of this could have been cut i don't i agree with you brian i don't need a false ending here because like yeah. you said it doesn't work and kind of like what nico said i don't like the cgi of using stanley's head to, to become a monster that looked like shit to me um uh, the six pack carving is 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 scary until you remember the man still has a six pack and this isn't. I mean, I'm sure. I think after this, his six pack is going to be fine because it wasn't 
really happening slash not like slash kind of happening. So, you know, he's just going to go back to having a fucking perfect six pack. Anyway, sorry. I'm just a little jealous. Um, <laughs> and, you know, her being pulled under by the old lady is a nice little callback, but again, I, it's not scary. And, you know, them being separated. I, so there's just a lot that happens here that I don't like only because it drags. It it drags the last two scenes, which I do really like, outside of the ending, which we'll get to. Spoiler alert. Uh, Mike lying about the ritual and Richie be like, fuck you, Mike. That's what I'm thinking when I'm watching. So I know that's how they're feeling. So I'm I'm on board with that 100%. And um, again, I... I love the three door stuff. That is a great callback. I think it's really well done. They go the opposite route. They use the dog. The dog being made into a monster is bad CGI to me. Agree with you again, Brian. I know we're agreeing a lot tonight, which the world is going back to normal. Um, the but the C, the practical it or the practical thing monster looked much better than the CGI thing or yes. whatever the fuck they were trying to do. So again, there it's not that any of this is like terrible. It just it makes the movie thirty to forty minutes longer than it, than it needs to be. Like it, it's a lot of stuff in one little area that I just don't see the point of having in here. I mean, there's some cool stuff too, but again, I just don't. It's stuff that I don't feel we needed. You could have either ended it here and had it die, or cut some of this and just tacked it onto the end and made it a more concise, more direct vision. Because because we're about to go on the same ride again. Yeah, like, like I just—it's a little too much. Not enough. Um, there's not an not enough of important stuff happens in this in this set of scenes to where I need to see more. Like, oh, we could have wrapped the story up already. So, uh, but there is one scene coming up that I absolutely fucking love, and I don't know if I'm going to be alone in it or not. So I'm glad we get it, but I think we could have just cut some of this and got that one instead. So, yeah. Th- how long it's like an hour of them just being in this house you know well that's right that's like right it's so long and it's it it, it definitely could have been cut a lot so Uh, nico when when they end up at the house they have an hour it's an hour and 50 left the movie is two hours and 50 minutes so we have a whole nother fucking hour of this movie and they're and it's all inside this house and i just don't feel like that's necessary and it's not again. It shot well. It's made well. I don't have to keep repeating that. But story direction wise, this is some Stephen King. I stayed up all night and had coke and 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 fucking methamphetamines and and hookers. Like that's that's how he wrote this. Not Coca Cola, boys and girls. No not cocaine, Coca-Cola. pure cocaine, <laughs> pure cocaine. That was a nice Prince Prince remix. Thank you. Uh, it was a little luscious voice. Thank you. Thank you. And the thing is, it's like we keep getting all these stupid jump scares and these weird creatures over and over, and nothing happens to nobody except my man Eddie in just a few minutes. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and read these last two scenes, and we'll touch on all of it. Uh, Bill sees his younger self go into the basement talking to Georgie. He pretended to be sick, and Georgie says, "You lied, and I died." And then Bill grabs uh, like zombie Georgie and drowns him. Ben's clubhouse starts to fill with sand, and Bev's stall fills with blood. Pennywise calls Ben a fat loser, regardless of the sit-ups and success. And I, that was pretty damn funny. Bev, Bev, 
That's the, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and just say this now. That's the problem with me in this ending is we don't get good Bill Skarsgård Pennywise. We get this damn lobster, and it's it takes me out of it. Yep, yep. Bev kicks her stall open and grabs Ben's hand, saving him. Young Bill holds the bolt gun to Bill's head. He tells him it's not their fault. He pulls the gun and shoots Young Bill. He he lunges Bill, but he comes out the water back into the cave. Pennywise constricts Mike, and then Richie hits him with a rock. He then captures Richie with the deadlights. Eddie takes the fence post and throws it into Pennywise's mouth. Eddie tries to wake up Richie, but he's stabbed through the midsection by one of the legs. They get to Eddie's dying body. They have to make Pennywise small again. They try to make it to the tunnel, but Pennywise blocks it. More than one way to make someone small. They start to insult him, and he becomes smaller and weaker. He becomes a small body, and Mike pulls out its heart. They all place their hands on it and squish it. They run to Eddie and weep when they realize he's dead. They escape the room as it becomes a cyclone. They run out the house and watch it crumble. They go to the cliff and dive into the lake. They joke about Eddie and then group hug and comfort a very weep, a very sad and weeping Richie. This is a this is a good scene. They dive to find Richie's glasses and Ben and Bev kiss finally. The crew walks back, you know, into town and realize their scars are gone from their hand. They see their kid selves in the window and they walk off. And I wrote <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Five Stink. Stop showing us that on the theater. Uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill gets a call from Mike just to chat. He asks Mike why they haven't forgotten this time. And then he says, I love you, man. Bill reads the letter Stanley wrote. Let me flip my page real quick. He was too scared and took his own life. He didn't want to risk all their lives. Ben and Bev are a couple now. And, you know, they're living on his yacht because he's a successful architect. And the film ends with Mike driving off and the kids saying they're losers. Uh, I really like I really like the comforting Richie scene. That was really powerful. That was yeah. it made you think about the kids again. I like that. Uh, Mike, you want to go first on them last two scenes, man? Yeah. So there's a lot here that I like. That's what makes the the previous set of scenes so frustrating. Is I felt like maybe not cut all of it out, but trim it down a significant amount and just use a lot of this because. A lot of this stuff is powerful, and and there's some good character like work and back story, and you know they kind of tie up some loose ends here. Uh, I like the Bill and Georgie scene in the basement. I think that McAvoy k- kills that scene. I-, I guess I'm just a James McAvoy stand, guys. I'm sorry. Hey um, Mike, I'm hey Mike. Mike, I was yeah. I was literally just about to ask. You, I guess it's back to me and you disagreeing. I was just about to ask you literally. How many times have we got to see Bill and Georgie in this damn basement? <laughs> well, you're not wrong about that, but I would I would trade some of the other times we've seen it to get this scene because I love this scene and how it ties up a loose end from a story standpoint. Like, it closes the chapter. He no longer feels guilty. He lets himself off the hook a little bit because, again, it really isn't his fault that Georgie died. Like, you know, you lied and I died. By the way, cute little kid doing that is kind of creepy, just saying. Um but I uh, I like that scene. I think it's well acted, and maybe that's why I like it. But again, it is a little bit monotonous and kind of drags on. But I, I still feel like the acting is so good it overcomes it. Um, so you know, Rich, you know, Richie saving Mike, and then Eddie saves Richie. Like all that stuff is good. Like you know, they're in this together. And maybe if you killed someone else, you could have had a little bit more impactful. I don't know, but I I like the way they do all that. Um, now, big point of contention with most people that saw this movie outside of the length is the ending. Um, 
I, I, I pretty much am on board with that. I don't think it's very good. I don't think insulting a killer shape-shifting clown from another planet into submission is the best move. Um, it's still better than Stephen King's sorry-ass ending, that's for sure. Which oh, yeah. is, but, but it's not good either. I don't know what I would have done. So is there a great way to end this? I don't know. Um, I like you know the, that he rips out yes. the heart and all that stuff. Well, I'm going to let you tell yours because I want to hear it. Because I, I could come up with anything, but I know that there's got to be better than this. Because, again, just kind of calling it names and stuff is uh, – it's such a boner killer, man. Like, we sat through two hours and 40 minutes of this shit, and that's the way you're going to wrap it up? Okay. It's not a, Yeah, it's pretty fucking rotten. Um, So I was trying to be nice, but no, it stinks on ice. I'm, I, I'm not a fan. However, everything after that I am a fan of. I like – I like the comforting sad Richie because again, Bill Hader is so good here in a serious scene. He's not being funny. He, you know, you could tell this really hit him. Uh, the fact that Eddie died um, and they couldn't save him. You know, he wants to go back in to save him. The acting is good there and all that. And you know, them jumping off the cliff again and not a jump I would make. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> just all that's really good. Bev and Ben finally getting together is really good. I like that. Um, the very, very end which again, we've had the, I, I've had to say the end three times now. The very, the, yes. yeah, that's how you know a movie's too long, by the way. The very, very end with the suicide note, I get, but I'm with Brian. I'm not a big fan of the Stanley character in general. So as we're reading this note, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. I wish you would have showed up and kind of helped us out a little bit. Just saying. But right. I'm not in anyone's head. I don't want to, and maybe Pennywise made Stanley kill himself. Maybe that's something we didn't, I don't know. That's not explored in the book, so I, I can't really go there with it. But not a fan. Um, but I like, you know, I like seeing how they all end up. That's nice. And I like that Mike finally gets the fuck out of Derry because, good Lord, sir, please leave that library. It, it, no, nothing but bad things has happened there. Um, so I do like the way they that everything kind of wraps up in a nice, neat bow. I, will, I like everything in this collection, the scenes, except how they get rid of Pennywise. It is... Really damn bad, and I don't know what I would have done, but I wouldn't have done that. What What if uh, when Eddie throws the the fence post through his mouth, that's what kills him? I mean, you can still kill off a character, like maybe one of those, you know, like how he died with the leg going through his midsection. Like you could, you could still kill off a character like that, but I think that would have been better. Just insulting him, like saying he's a oh, bad, it was rotten. Oh, it's rotten. Clown. That's that's horrible. That's horrible. It's rotten. Go ahead, Brian. All right, so the way I think they should have ended it is some of this stuff that happened after the fake ritual stuff, yes, let's have that happen. You know, you could have had Eddie th- you know, stab him. You could have had some of this stuff happen, even the spider shit, if you, you know, whether if you really wanted it. But have the ritual now and have the ritual be what killed them. That way the whole movie still made sense and you still didn't feel like you wasted two and a half hours with them I know they felt like it was a twist, but I thought it was stupid. Like, right. and I, I have the ritual towards the end, and then finally get to do the ritual, and then I kill him. I think that would have been. I think I would have been satisfied with that a lot better anyway. Um, you know, you could have cut down some of those scenes, the hour and a half or whatever in the in the house, because that sounds for sure. Um, and you know what? It, I, I agree with you. I don't like the ending of the cave scene and the way it wraps up, but it's still like Mike said a hundred times fucking better than the book ending, which 
is fucking straight Ozzy Osbourne crazy train. It's like, uh, you know, a celestial fucking turtle being like, you know, who's the mortal enemy of it and created our universe because of fucking indigestion or some shit. And it's like just the beginning of the shit show that is the book ending. So as weird as this is, I will definitely take it over the book ending anytime. Um, yeah. The scene, the scene with Bill and Georgie, it was, it was all right. I really liked the, the wrapping it up part. I felt like it was a little bit too long to wrap it up with because it, to me, it didn't have near the impact that the two kids had in the first one. Like I teared up the first, like in the, at the end of the first one, but, and so it just didn't have this. I love James McAvoy, but it just didn't have that same emotional impact here. Um, the Ben and Bev scenes add some tension, but like neither really felt to me like in jeopardy for some reason. And like Bev has, you know, super strength to pull Ben out of there, like fucking Lorraine Warren conjuring two style, like with just one arm, just doing a curl. And <laughs> that, that to me, I was like, man, all right. And plus, look, I'm just going to say it. The deadlights, it's deadlights mouth. Looks like vagina from the movie Teeth. I just I'll go out there. There I said it. I put it out there. It it looked like it. Um, and 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 you know I don't I don't know what about the fuck. I agree with Nico about the whole spider form to begin with. And plus, a lot of people are pissed off about that anyway. I don't think you know it was a pure spider in the book. And you know I don't think it worked in the book. I don't think it worked in the miniseries. And I don't know if it's the enormous like clown head in this one or something, but something just isn't right about that whole CG spider thing. And I felt like that could have been done much better. Like I talked about, um, you know, they, they got rid of that turtle. What, you know, I was kind of hoping they'd lose the spider too, honestly. Um, also, you know, hell that's better than the book, but using like the power of belief against it. I, I don't know. It's just and not being scared. I just, I don't know. I honestly think the ritual would have been a better ending. And and I'll die on that hill. Uh, I had that written down even before you you know we talked about it. But that's where I felt like not that it should have ended, but that should have been the ending. I guess like take that and move it past some of these scenes to be the end. Um, again, the Eddie death hits a lot harder because yes. you know the relationship with Eddie or with Richie now. And I think Bill Hader does a fantastic fucking job. You know, you talked touched about it a little bit earlier. You know, he's known for all his comedy, but. He really does a great job with some hard emotional acting in that scene. And I thought it, it was just incredible to me. Like that was a very emotional scene. I really loved it. And Eddie getting that one little last jab in there. Like, Hey, you think he's going to say something like loving? And he's like, I fucked your mother. I just, I loved it. He finally got it back <laughs> into it. It made crack. It cracked me up. Um, lastly, and I'll just say it. Look, I'm not a fan at all of the suicide note. Like shit. Like to me, to me, it's just a poor excuse, like from the writers, to try to save this character some. But like to me, I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. I'm gonna kill myself because I know you can't defeat it with me there, being the weakest link. Yet we did it before as kids, and I haven't been told yet how we're even gonna fucking defeat it in the first place as adults. So suicide's the best thing here. Fuck that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't buy that at all. I think it's poor writing, cop out, and like you know, to ever imply even that suicide was a good thing. Like that's what it does. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good with that. So, nah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Anybody got any final thoughts before you jump into some fan questions? Nah, man, I'm good. All right. We got three uh, questions from Facebook. Really appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, there have been rumors. This is from Shan Pie. There have been rumors of doing a chapter three where it would actually be a prequel exploring more of the mythology. 
Should they do this? And if so, should it be a movie or a miniseries? Go ahead, uh, Brian. What do you think? I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I definitely don't think that you can do a sequel because I really feel like it would do injustice to these two. Um, because if it would almost be like it was for not. And so I don't think that you can do a sequel. A prequel, I'm torn because I don't want to see more backstory of it because that's my problem with these two movies is I yep. feel like it delves too much into it and it makes him like less scary. Like he's way more scary in the first one because you don't have all that bullshit celestial, you know, alien from space bullshit. And I think I don't want to delve into that. Now, if you want to give me just basically the first it, except, you know, have it set like in that picture in Bev's room where it's an old, like, 1800s or whatever that was, like, and just have him. I think that would be a fucking very interesting setting. Just don't give me don't give me more backstory to it. I don't want to see him landing on the planet or any bullshit from, like, in a spaceship or, like, you know, from the beginning of Thing. But I just, I, I don't want to see that. But I would like to maybe see him terrorize some kids back from the old, you know, old Western days, maybe. I don't know. That would be some cool shit. I, I would, I'll be down for that. Mike? Oh, um, I don't know if I want a third movie or not because of how long this fucking movie was. <laughs> uh, and like you said, Brian, I don't know if I need any more backstory on Pennywise, the origins of it in general, um, because we get a lot of that in this movie. I feel yeah. we get a lot of the backstory on the town of Derry in the first two, uh, especially in the first one. Uh, so I, again, I don't know if I need a prequel. We've kind of touched on prequels on this show. It has to be a great idea for me to want a prequel to anything. Because I, you know, outside of Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, which is a movie I really like, not a big prequel guy. Uh, because again, I don't need that shit. Most of the, you're answering questions that I'm not asking, uh, which is what a prequel does. So I'm not on board with the prequel idea. If you're going to do a third movie, I don't know what you would do. Because you're out of book material, so it'd be an all new, all new thing. Uh, I guess you could take from the miniseries, which that's a whole other story for another day. But I'm gonna go no. I think they wrapped this up in a little bow. I think I'm okay, <laughs> and yeah, I like the and I like the character of Pennywise, so it would have to involve Pennywise. Yeah, and if they did it, it definitely wouldn't. I don't want to see it in the fifties for sure because that's no. what the that's what the miniseries did. Like, yeah, I, go back to maybe the eighteen hundreds or some weird shit that that we haven't seen. Right, if you're going to do it, I guess I, I don't know. All right, uh, I don't. I haven't read the book or seen the miniseries. This is just my thoughts. Um, and Brian just kind of pooped on what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> all, all, all of the you know. Dial all of the stuff that ben, young Ben was talking about that he had on his wall. Show me that. I would like to watch that. And the only reason I'm saying that is because it's kind of already the ground's been laid somewhat. And I love Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise, and I want good Pennywise in this movie. I don't yeah, want. I, I don't want a spider. I don't want a lobster. I want Pennywise killing these folks, and I want to see all of it. And I want. Hey, Andy Machete, you wrote a great movie with Mama, which had Jessica Chastain. So I'm sure that's how she probably got this role in this movie, regardless of what the little girl wanted. Um, I would like to see Muschietti write a good Pennywise, just a story on his own. That would be fun to watch, personally. Uh, the next one, the next question we have was from former guest of the show, Joe Larson. If the Don't Go Out There crew was a loser's club, who would each of you be and why? And I think she pretty much nailed the... I about to say, she nailed it. I, mean, Except, I don't think I would be Mike. I think I would probably be, if I was any of the rest of them, I'd probably be Eddie. Just because I'm kind of a cautious guy myself. 
you would be you would be Stephen King. Like I said, you would be Stephen <laughs> King. You put you put the whole thing together. You're Stephen King. <laughs> well, well, her answer was me as uh, yeah. Mike. Brian would be Bill. Mike is Ben, and Dustin is Richie. I think that's pretty pretty dead. Pretty- I, th- I think I would be Eddie though, maybe. Just because I'm a you're kind of- I'm cautious and I, I have a quick wit about myself. But also, Nico, you're kind of the narrator, the guide through our show, and he's kind of the guide through the second movie. So I kind of see where she's going with it. And I, I'm Ben because I have a six pack, pack, right? Yeah, you get a six pack. <laughs> That's what it is. And no, it's because I'm Arms Anderson, brother. Oh, okay. No, he, he just wants to take Jessica Chastain home. I see what he's doing. Hey, hey, chestnut checkers over here, boy. <laughs> you know, you're gonna get slop. You're gonna get sloppy bill seconds though, but that's all right. That's fine. Hey, name no problem. Name no problem. <laughs> all right. All right. The last question we have is from Sean Irwin. Uh, was Pennywise better in this chapter or the first chapter? Uh, I'm going to say the first chapter. Yes, um, I agree, but, Nico. But whenever we get Pennywise when he's with Richie coming down, you know, off the statue in the locker. Whenever we get Pennywise not being a stupid creature. I mean, Bill Skarsgård brings it whenever he's allowed to, but in that, in that scene under the bleachers, that was yes. every bit, that was every bit as good as the Georgie one. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, Bill, yeah, oh, Bill, yeah. Bill bring, Bill brings it in all of his scenes. He's in, it's just, they wrote him to be a damn lobster for 50 minutes and it was horrible. Brian, what first chapter or this chapter? No, I completely agree with everything you said. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. I agree hundred percent. I think that there's some good, Bill Skarsgård in this movie, like underneath the bleachers and with, you know, Richie coming, I know your secret, like all that stuff's great, but he's so, so scared, so much scarier and, and it's much more effective in the first one. So definitely the first one. Yeah. And that's why I would say that I would like to get a third movie is just cause I would like to see Bill get to play Pennywise again. You know, I could, I could see Bill honestly becoming, uh, the 2020, to the teens version of like Freddy Krueger, Robert England. I think, oh, yeah, I, I think he could be the next one. Like he, like Cause that. he's great. Um, y'all got any fun facts? I don't have any tonight. If y'all have some, no, I've said, all, I've said all mine during the episode. Um, there, so these are from insider.com and I, you know, you might've said a couple of these, but I'm going to go through them just because I found them right before we started the show. Um, so one of these scenes featured, 5,000 gallons of fake blood, which is enough to fill an above-ground pool. It's a lot of fucking blood. Uh, and Jessica Chastain was more than game, you know, and I have the Blu-ray of this, and, you know, they kind of go into it on that, how she's just gung-ho on doing all that, all, all those scenes. So, you know, uh, kudos to her. Uh, I talked, you know, we talked about the kids being de-aged in the scenes that they were in. Uh, Stephen King was on set basically the entire time, which I'm not really 100% sure you needed that, but okay. Um, Bill Hader suffered a minor injury while filming this movie because they did their own stunts, which I think we touched on. Um, uh, that's so Isaiah Mustafa, who played Mike, nearly missed his wedding for the final callback of it, chapter two. So when he's you know, it's between him and, a, and, and two other people, and he almost missed his own wedding just to get this part in the movie, which I don't know about that. So, uh, and again, you know, we've talked about how the you know, how the adult actors you know, came to be and how they got casted with Finn Wolfhard and stuff like that. So um, as far as the fun facts, that's pretty much it. The box office, so, uh, the box office, which I always like to go over, this movie had a $79 million budget, which is more than the first one. Um, and it didn't make near as much as the first one, though, which I think a lot of people were shocked. A lot of people were predicting a, 
I mean, look, it's still made $473.1 million in, in the United States. Um, so, again, it's not like it was, you know, Trump change or anything, but it, it made a significant amount less than the first one, which I think runtime had a lot to do with it. I think uh, not having the kids involved as much and stuff like that had a lot to uh, do with it. But this was this was predicted to almost make a billion dollars and it didn't sniff it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't save any of the fun facts, but I remember reading just because I wanted to give uh, Hater a shout out. Um, he actually hadn't, I don't. I think I read, I'm pretty sure I read he hadn't met Finn Wolfhard, but he was flattered that Finn wanted him to right. portray him. So that was pretty right. cool. Uh, he was also really creeped out by how good Skarsgård was with his like facial gestures. That was pretty awesome too. Agreed. Uh, Dustin, Dustin does have some fun facts. Um, I'll go. read some of his that he sent me. Um, and, th- and they're none of the ones you guys said either. So, um, a-, a license plate on the wall above the, and the owner of the antique shop is uh, CQB two four one, which is the same license plate in Christine. Uh, 1983, the owner, played by Stephen King, the original author of both Christine and It, also asked for $300 for the bike, which is the same amount that George LeBay initially offers to sell the car for. So that's good. Um, Isaiah Mustafa uh, went through Stephen King's novel eight times before filming it so he could fully understand the character of Mike Hanlon. Um, Bill Hader, on the other hand, had read the book as a child and refused to reread it, claiming that it was way too long. Um, Pennywise, Pennywise has only seven minutes of dialogue in the film and in pure Dustin style, this film uses the word fuck 108 times. (laughs) Good old Dustin. All right, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Uh, Brian, you went first last week. I'll go first this week. Okay. Uh, favorite kill. It's, I think that this might be unanimous, maybe. Uh, I chose the girl under the bleachers because that scene was great and it was it was the best scene in the movie to me. Uh, my least favorite, I picked Eddie, and it was just because I really liked Eddie and it made me sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my rating, I gave it. I gave this movie an eight. Uh, the pros, Bill obviously, Pennywise under the bleacher scene is elite. Opening scene is good, but not chapter one level. Uh, the adult cast is great and pretty star studded. Jessica can call me sometime. Hater is hilarious. <laughs> uh, a lot of beautiful shots and the scenes with the kids were great. Uh, the cons, obviously the runtime is the main con. Too damn long. Also too much comedy, I think, or mistimed is better to say. This is supposed to be a horror movie. Bowers didn't need to be in this at all. Uh, CGI and zombie monster people got old and weren't scary. I also hated that they didn't use Pennywise as Pennywise. I don't want to see him as a lobster creature. The adult cast just didn't have the same magic as the kid cast. I don't think it's their fault, but how this movie just played out and flowed. This is a very good movie, but it lacked the charm and creepy Pennywise the first one had. So whoever wants to go next, go ahead. I'll go next. Um, Let Brian go last. Yeah, go ahead. I got got Dustin's two to read. Okay, all right. Yep, okay. So um, as far as the favorite kill, I guess I'm just going to pick favorite scene because it's – I mean, it's kind of the same thing in this movie, and it's the one under the bleachers with Victoria. I think the acting is so good by Bill Skarsgård. It, I'm glued to the screen that entire scene, and we do technically get a kill there, so even though it's off screen, I will take it. Um, my least favorite kill, uh, I don't know. I didn't really have one when I'm going through this movie and I wanted to write something down. I, I never really did because I don't really think there's a bad there's, – there, there's not a great kill or a bad kill in this movie. 
to me. So you can kind of plug in whatever you want there. So uh, a lot of what I said in my opening, I really like this movie. I just think it's too long. There's too much fat to trim. Uh, there, there's just so much shit. Look, they tried to p- put five pounds of shit in a two pound bag, and um, it works. It works in some areas, and it doesn't work in others. Um, this movie just feels like you could have split it up into two, which I'm again, I don't think I would have done. I just would have trimmed some of the fat off of this. I think the cast is phenomenal, and and that's where me and Nico kind of disagree. It's not the acting. I know he thinks the acting is good, but. I think this cast was was picked so perfectly to represent adult versions of the kids from the first one. That is the biggest positive of this movie to me. I think they're all so well acted. They're so they were so perfectly cast. I can't hit that home enough. It's so good. Bill Skarsgård is great. Again, uh, you know what he's given isn't as good, but when he's given something great to work with, I think he's phenomenal. Um, but again, some of the negatives I touched on with the runtime. Giant Spider, it, not a fan of that. Not a fan of how much CGI we get, and I understand why they did it. I just don't think it comes across as good and as scary as some practical stuff would have. So all that being said, I give this a 7.5. I think it's a good watch. It's just long. So it's not a movie I'm going to return back to. But, I mean, a, se- a 9 being you know what I gave the first movie to 7.5 is the drop-off. It's not that bad for a sequel. Most sequels are, you know thumbs down anyway so as a sequel i think this plays pretty well and i can i wouldn't now i wouldn't that eight hour the director's cut of the one a both movie smashed together nope that's like a, th- a three sitting watch there I, I don't have time for that <laughs> uh all right well i'll go um yeah to me it's just too much explanation too much backstory on it which is you know better than the book by far and it's still the you know, superior adaption, but this has always been my least favorite part of the story. Um, but I do feel like it had the potential to be even better. Like we talked about, um, the acting, like Mike said, phenomenal. Um, and aside from some weird CGI moments in this one, I think the visuals are on point. Um, the twist with the ritual not working, like I said, um, it's okay on the first viewing, but you know, that also means like the next time you watch it, you know, yet you're watching two hours of people doing shit that doesn't really matter. And so I'm not really a big fan of that, especially upon the, the you know, it's rewatchable watchability factor to me. is just, it's not much there. Um, my favorite kill. I, I think that Dean's kill in that uh, fun house. I don't know. I it just, because of so much blood and shit, I was just like, Holy shit. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's like he's, blew him exploded or something i don't know I, that was my favorite kill if i had to pick one um and my least favorite kill was adrian the very first the very first opening kill because to me like pennywise like bites him in the titty or like in the underarm or something i don't know it's like weird it's just not it wasn't a a death blow i guess that and you know, i know it didn't show the rest but like that it was just weird so I, i'll go with that one as my least favorite kill um I'm going to say this and then I'm going to ask you guys a question because my rating for this particular installment as a standalone film is the same as Mike. I gave it a 7.5. But like I said earlier, and I've said it a million times, I view this as one big gigantic film, so like it is a book. So taking that into account, like it, the story of it and these two movies together as a whole, I give it a 9. So what do you guys rate this as a whole? If this was just one long movie for between chapter one and two, what do you guys rate it? Eight point two five. 
Okay. I mean, if you add my two scores up, it would be a nine. <laughs> right. And I would probably – If I watch both of them back-to-back, I might end up wanting to punch myself in the face because it took right. so long. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. If I if I if if it was in one sitting, 8.5. But if it was just – I don't – 8.5, that's what I'll go with. Just because the thought of watching them both back-to-back just sounds horrible. Okay. And I got Dustin's to read too. So, um, I'll go ahead and give his thoughts. <clears throat> It was a solid follow-up to the first chapter. Not quite as good to me, and the length certainly contributes to that opinion. The adult casting was perfect. Fulfilling conclusion. Just about 30 minutes or more too long. Favorite kill. The skateboard kill. I love the optics of the mirror house and how creepy Pennywise was at his appearance. Banging his head through the glass was psychotic. And terrifying. The kill pulled at your heartstrings because of McAvoy's acting. It was a great scene. Least favorite kill, Adrian. Hey, just like me. Uh, The opening scene was a huge letdown compared to the opening scene in the first chapter. I don't have an emotional connection to Adrian like I did Georgie. And the homophobe rednecks did most of the work. So Pennywise's kill was kind of lame to me. For a final rating... Of a solid, give it an ocho, the eight. Nice. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Does any, do y'all got any great voice, thoughts? Brian, great voice. Great, great voice. <laughs> y'all got any final thoughts on chapter two before we... Oh, uh, good, man. I do not. I feel like I feel like I talked just as long as this movie was. Too long. <laughs> hey, uh, big shout out to Mike, though. This was a great idea to do both of these movies in the summertime. Yes. Uh, so I, th- this was definitely a great idea. Uh, we're getting back to our the you know the host picks of movies. Uh, Brian, you want to announce your pick for next week, brother? Um, sure. Yeah, it's a movie that I haven't watched until recently, and I'm going to go with Insidious, the first. Ooh, let's go from the goat James Wan. My oh, okay. God damn it! Well, there you go. Did I say something wrong? Huh? 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 What? I said something wrong. <laughs> No I'm, sorry you broke, I'm sorry you broke up. Oh, okay, my bad. He's top three regardless <laughs> of what y'all say. <laughs> He's top three, I'll give you that. Anyways, I'm looking forward to Insidious, but just want to stress one more time, Bill Skarsgård, shout out. You're an awesome Pennywise. I would love to see you portray the role again. As long as they do you justice, don't make you be a damn lobster for an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy these two movies. and it was I enjoyed them the second time I watched them more than the first because – it was fun talking to you guys about it. Y'all got Absolutely, man. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to give a shout out to Nicholas Hamilton and Jackson Robert Scott both for doing the intros to both of these shows. Definitely a huge appreciation. We'd love to have you on the show sometime. Absolutely, uh, fans, listeners, we really appreciate the support. Y'all have been great. Um, I think this is episode sixty. We really it appreciate is. all support. It's it's been a really it's been a blast doing this. Y'all have a good one. And I just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.